say, Colin? <laughs> you know, for me, you're in the future. Like, uh, like a man on the moon or in a tin can. Welcome to the Eat Radio Podcast. And here's your host, Colin Pope from Eat Magazine. Welcome back to the Eat Magazine podcast and tonight our guest is Elliot Chappelle from Possible.com and he has been here once before, this is his second visit, we're very excited to have him back here again and uh, we've had some great questions come through from listeners as well so i just want to say thank you very much for that and if you want to send us any questions to do with crowdfunding you can send those to support at eatmag that's e-a-t-t-m-a-g.com and elliot's going to go through really some of the key i guess areas of putting your campaign together, some of the questions that our listeners have got, as well as a few questions I had from things that I'd observed. And so with that, we're going to jump straight into the podcast now with Elliot. Hi, welcome back. This is a very, um, well, it's, it's, it's a new thing for us, really. We don't often interview people twice, but uh, we, we had to get Elliot back. Too special. Too special, if you if you can't remember. Elliot Chappelle is from Possible, the crowdfunding platform. He's a ninja of some description <laughs> and uh, a campaign... Advisor. Advisor. Yeah, but, uh, I'm but such I, a ninja, you didn't even know I was here until you... Exactly, like, wow, here, here you go again. You thought I was late and then I was just sitting here. That's right. Of course, today it's much cooler. I think the last time you were here it was like 40 yeah, degrees. Yeah, easier to travel, today's very sure. nice, So that's good. Look, um, we have actually had a, a couple of questions and uh, I think they were kind of on my to-do notes for down the track and uh, interestingly enough, we got them by email uh, just a few days, days ago. So... So Stacy from the US said, what kind of campaigns are there or crowdfunding types are there? Yeah, uh, in the first part, I, from memory, we, we talked a lot about reward-based crowdfunding. Um, so from memory, um, in the last episode, um, we spoke a lot about um, all or nothing and flexi funding. We didn't really scratch on rewards or anything like that. Um, a lot of these are just categories. So um, my interpretation of that question, uh, which I think is kind of do, is that the difference between like rewards crowding, uh, equity crowdfunding? Yeah. Is that the... So we spoke a lot about flexi flexible funding and all or nothing. Yep. Um, there's also reward-based crowdfunding, okay. um, equity or debt crowdfunding, right. and donation-based crowdfunding. Okay. So you, they're interchangeable. You can have a flexi-funding reward, or you can have a flexi-funding donation-based, or and so on. Yeah. I now feel like I need a spreadsheet when you say <laughs> things, things like that. We might even put one on the website. Who knows? So let me ask you then in detail. So rewards is the kind of crowdfunding that most people know about where you people you pay your fifty dollars or whatever it is and then you get the album or you get to go to see yeah. the movie or you get whatever it is That's... you've got the uh the the cleanest breaking off i yep. guess okay. <laughs> it's easiest to move away from the crowdfunding side of things yeah um so reward-based crowdfunding basically you're just offering things in exchange for support they could be your product if right. you're funding to create a product or um, and we'll, we'll go into a few other varieties of that maybe later on, but um, generally you're just giving people things in return for their support. Um, Equity-based equity crowdfunding 
um, is people are buying shares in your company, right? Um, or they're they're buying some financial incentive yeah. into the company. Um, so it's like an initial public offering as soon as you launch, sort of thing. Okay. Now I understand that uh, is happening in uh, Canada. Yeah. Uh, this year, very shortly, or it's just happened, depending on um, where we are dates yeah. wise. And uh, there's been a change of law in the US as well. Yeah. But we don't have that here in Australia yet, do we? Not on a grand scale. No. Um, okay. You need to be in. You need to be able to invest in any. You need to be an approved advisor or approved investor. I mean. Okay. So that's not really available in Australia until the middle of the year or right. so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so and and that's very similar to debt-based crowdfunding in that. You know, uh, Cullen, I'll help you start your business, right. but you've got to pay me back once it's successful. Really? That yeah. doesn't sound like much fun. <laughs> well, you, ideally, reward-based for the moment works the best. Okay, well, um, I think that would work yeah. for me. Donation is you don't really expect anything in return. Um, and they, they all can kind of blend together. Sometimes you can have reward and equity depending what country. Um, Some sort of so crowdfunding soup, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just donate to me and I'll pretend to give you some shares? That, or, exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. You can have, you, you're going to start a soup kitchen, I think, aren't you, Cullen? Well, hopefully. A crowdfunding soup kitchen. Yeah. Um, you're going to put all the elements in there. Yeah. But yeah, you can have multiple different varieties, sort of. You, it's all or nothing, it's flexi funding. They're the okay. two sort of main umbrellas. And under that, it can be any of those other varieties I spoke about. I still just, I, I understand equity crowdfunding. Um, on, on some level. I just still don't understand the debt thing because I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, it's it's probably not I- the most ideal form of crowdfunding. But people are still doing it? It's still a thing? Um, apparently. It's yeah. got a name on okay. the internet. If you right. Okay. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, that could be another episode. That could be another episode. Okay. Um, and then I guess the donation stuff... Um, but my so the donation stuff. What's the difference between just donating to something and then having a donation crowdfunding thing? Is it just the timeline, or yeah, um, it's probably putting restrictions on it, like a time frame and a target. Um, I guess in theory, crowdfunding has existed for a long time. Yeah. But yeah. since the internet and social media, it's got it's been coined crowdfunding or one word yeah um so that's kind of what we're talking about here today um you could you could argue that it's existed for decades but in this form um these are the different types of it okay all right so i've got another question from sally in australia who says what are the best kind of rewards so i thought that was a good question actually yeah that is a good question um We've surveyed a lot of people and and it is hard to come up with good rewards. We know that. So we try and cover that in a lot of detail when we're consulting on this stuff. Um, The best rewards are priceless but worthless. Um, What? So, you know, sometimes it's going to be obvious that if you're... um, if you're starting a shirt company, you're going to sell shirts as a reward, then that's, you know, that has some value. But... Ideally, you don't have to spend so much money in producing and delivering these rewards. So I might explain this through an example because it might be a bit easier to understand. You can see my eyebrows knitting together. Um, yeah, I've got a few okay. examples, but I, I like this one a lot. Okay. Um, there was a, a crowdfunding campaign to f- 
fix an ice cream company's ice cream truck that was broken. Right. Along the lines of that, um, one of their rewards was for $100. You could sit in the ice cream truck. You could put whatever music you wanted through the speakers on the roof. <laughs> you could go to whatever location you wanted and give out 20 free ice creams to friends or strangers. So you could be playing um, ACDC and be giving chalky <laughs> ice cones on the beach to your mates at, at his bucks party or whatever. Right, okay. So that sold out. They sold out of that reward. And that only costed them, you know, petrol, a bit of time and a bit of ice cream. Okay. Definitely a lot less than $100. Right. So yeah. that now qualifies for me when you say priceless. That's pretty priceless. Priceless. I mean, that's exactly. Awesome, you can't get that experience anywhere else. Okay. Um, and and going back to people feel invested in the project, you right. can definitely invest people in your project with rewards. Um, the most common thing we see is shout out on Facebook or if you're starting a, a venue, you might have a founding members plaque. And if people who pledge $150, they get their name engraved on this plaque of our venue for the rest of time. Right, brilliant. So okay. um, it's a good way of... of engaging with your community and giving them some sort of direction or feel like they have a direction in it yeah right and so the second part of that you said priceless and uh, kind of worthless in a sense but by worthless you mean just stuff that doesn't cost you a lot of money yeah that's what i mean by isn't worth, it true yeah. that like some years ago a few people were doing these amazing campaigns but in actual fact their rewards were costing them so much money mm. um, that in actual fact they might have raised ten thousand dollars but their rewards cost them seven and so they only yeah have Left. Absolutely. Your target needs to be set accordingly. Um, you need to, this is why we say you need to really research your platform and what you're doing right. before you go ahead and launch. Um, you need to know all the fees involved. You need right. to know how much it costs to make those those rewards and, and get them to your fans as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because we did interview, um, uh, well, we've interviewed a few people now and they talked about these pricing of rewards so it's like it's it seemed to be quite complicated because sometimes you think yeah well it's only going to cost me five dollars to do the t-shirt but you found it by the time you had it delivered and other things and then you sent it out to the person mm. and in actual fact it was costing them a lot more yeah do your homework um you might think a t-shirt costs five dollars to make but it might cost 15 so okay. you don't want to be caught out with hundreds of dollars negative against your campaign we don't want that to happen either we don't want our platform to be affected by no rewards being delivered through one of our campaigns. So we do our best to let people know, you know, think about everything, put your budget together, make it clear, um, and build trust as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that reminds me, I've got two more questions, so I'll bring one in now. So Torsten, who is from Germany, said, what kind of research should I be doing? So... <clears throat> Um, the kind of research you really want to be doing is looking at other campaigns that are similar, if there's any, um, and seeing what worked. Okay. In a lot of cases, you can see how many times each reward was chosen, even. Oh, um, how much wow. they raised, um, what updates did they make along the way, um, and just getting a feel for how it's going to go. The, the more you know before you go into it, the better. So is that like, so you go onto a platform and you look at a whole other campaign. So let's say I was going to do a movie about skateboarding. Um, then I'd go onto the campaign platform that I thought I was going to use. But I could go onto a couple of different platforms. Yeah, for research, absolutely. Yeah. And look at all the kind of movies that were a bit like mine. They might not be skateboarding, but they could be 
It could be street art or there could be other things and look at how, which ones succeeded, which ones failed. Can you see which ones failed? Yeah, uh, you, you can on our platform anyway. Right. Um, don't, you can, don't some people just bury them? Yeah, we, if you're listening right now and you have a failed campaign on one, on our platform, just reach out and we can take it down if it's oh, too really? embarrassing for you. That seems unfair. Um, look, you shouldn't have to live with that baggage forever. <laughs> so, so do, do they, shouldn't, maybe there should be some sort of timeline where you have to go through the total embarrassment of your campaign didn't work for like 12 months or 18 months, and then suddenly you're released. Maybe, maybe, but... um. It's good for research for, for you guys out there who are going to be, you know, looking at campaigns and, and you might, if you look at enough campaigns, you'll start to realise why some failed and why some succeeded. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to ask you about this because I say that tongue-in-cheek, the embarrassment of a failed campaign, because in actual fact, I think the experience can be quite different for people, from what I can see, the people that I've been talking to anyway, because... Um, I know people that have, have run campaigns, they haven't succeeded, but in the process of running the campaign, so they haven't succeeded, they've done an all or nothing with various platforms, uh, they never made their target, right? So they got no money. Well, they might have got a little money <laughs> if they were doing the flexi stuff. But what happened along the way was they built their community. So when they eventually opened up their whatever it is they were doing, even though they didn't raise the money, they had gone through the process, they built their community, they got a gathering, a tribe around them. So as the business actually went live or the project went forward, they'd actually succeeded in some way. Do you? Does that yeah, work? we see this um, quite often. Sometimes campaigns that aren't, they don't hit their target, um, maybe because it's too high their target or okay. something like that. But yeah. Basically, they'll they'll you know they run this amazing big campaign. They make a lot of noise um, because they're forced to because you know they want to make sure that they hit that target. They don't want to be embarrassed. So, in that process, they're building their community. Yes, and they're making noise and they're getting attention. And in some cases, after a failed campaign, we've heard of stories where people have um, you know private um, outsiders have seen what's happened and stepped in and gone. I'll help you with this. You don't have to worry oh, about anything. Wow. That's like a dream come yeah, true. Yeah, that is a dream come it? true. So yeah. you're at home. You're just like so you're on the, the tissue box number three. Right? And then you get a phone call. And you get a phone call. Bring, and, bring. and you probably don't answer it because you're like, you don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody leaves a message saying, hi. <laughs> <laughs> that 30K you were looking for. Yeah, I've got 900. I've got <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay, brilliant. So the whole thing can be an adventure that doesn't end either so you can go yeah. so you can go down the gurgler right after mm. the worst u curve that we're going to be talking about later you go down the gurgler be flushed out the other end with absolutely nothing <laughs> exhausted completely drained of any mental <laughs> physical or emotional don't turn energy. them off Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden bang an angel can fly in is that right Yes. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah. Okay, mm. good. All right. Mm. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but don't rely on that. No, don't, okay. Don't, don't rely on that. That's you obviously, right. if you're in the moment, you're going to want to do everything you can to hit that target. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, look, I'm being devil's advocate, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, that's the whole point of this show really is to give people the tools and things that they need to really run a successful campaign and you giving the best advice that we can give them. So when we talk about that, um, we did get another question from Sam, who's from Australia, who said, what 
tools, social media tools should I be using? Now, I don't know if that goes back, because you were talking about tools in our first podcast. Yeah, Um, I don't want to really name any tools because they're probably always changing and (laughs) there's probably always better ones. This is a no tool naming This is a no, yes, um, only possible is named in this podcast. No no tools will be named during this broadcast. (laughs) Just Google the tools and it'll come up. But basically there's... um, there's there's tools out there where you can schedule all social media. You connect them all up to the to one centralized place, yep. um, and you you type in your posts and you add in your picture, yep. and then you say I want this to go out on all my networks at this time, and you can schedule them for as far as you want into the future. So yeah. okay, sure. This so. is if you're thinking about it, just do this right now. Just start straight away. It takes you five seconds to create a social media account for all of the major platforms and then it takes you another five seconds to connect them all up and then you can spend a little bit of time each week sharing that stuff and if it's if you think you're running a campaign about it you're probably passionate about it anyway right so you're probably thinking about it and you're probably wanting to share your thoughts and you're probably reading the news and you're wanting to share those news articles and so on so um, it, sh- it shouldn't be too hard for you, I imagine. No, that's right. So I guess and I'm pointing at you right now. You've got your <laughs> headphones on and you're riding your bike or you're cleaning or you're yeah. doing whatever. And my finger's <laughs> right down the barrel. Like, yeah, okay. you can... Yeah. I get it. So, so. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was too intrusive. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, all right, yeah, because, uh, look, uh, who knows? We might be talking to somebody. We might be naming tools later on in this podcast adventure with various other people so i think it's perfectly okay not to name them um but basically a lot of them are just automated sort of scheduling stuff yeah you know for example i think it's facebook and a few other things you can go on and you can schedule posts yeah enough. absolutely and the idea yeah. of what you're talking about just in case some listeners didn't get the bigger picture was it's to do with say let's say you hook up your facebook your twitter um if you've got a wordpress blog or whatever other things you're using and you say okay on Monday we're going to go out with this story because it was kind of cool and it's related to what we're doing so that goes out on Monday and then on Tuesday this comes out it's all totally automated yeah and so you go to bed at night fast asleep (laughs) and then all of this happens automatically and so you're not sitting there going oh well should I send this tweet or do I create that post where do I find the photos um, so it's really important, actually. If possible, do that as well. Yeah. Okay. So what were you <laughs> yeah. talking about? <laughs> do, this is. I, I'm just assuming that you're you're pretty lazy and you're thinking about it. I'm just trying to. The easiest the way I look. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's the yeah. wine in your hand. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Could be. Um, but yeah, basically, with social media, you you want to choose a few platforms that you think your audience is already using okay and there's different strengths and weaknesses to all kinds of platforms you can even think of youtube as a social network right um so think about you know if you're a musician you you might think about soundcloud and now we're mentioning tools so we're getting deep into it yeah um i knew it caven um if you're most people are on facebook so that's a good place to start um Twitter is probably the second biggest, so you'd go with that as well. Yeah. And then the third, you might think, um, you know, if you're doing a craft, act, if you're doing a craft campaign or a project, or when you say craft campaign, what do you mean? Craft like beers? your, uh, like for example, arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. Okay. Then Pinterest is your way to go, or recipes or anything like that. Oh yeah, Pinterest. Um, and there's yeah. very much okay. more feminine twist to it. Okay, so when um, you say so a different... feminine twist, you're talking about the audience, aren't you? Yeah, the audience, yeah. That's right. So is that part of the research? Um, 
let's say, for example, you know your audience and you've got a lot of audience on Twitter, or you might have no audience on Twitter, everyone's on Facebook, or you might say, look, nobody's really on Facebook with this particular thing, everybody's on Pinterest, for example. So mm. that's the kind of thing that you know about your audience. And then you might do some research that says, um, look, the audience, for example, on Pinterest is more uh, female-based, and so if that was the audience for your crowdfunding, you're doing a cushion, pin cushion raising yeah. thing, um, you'd be able to target that. Is that the kind of research you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if you're a photographer, you might think more about Instagram or a more right. visual platform. Yeah, sure. um, like I said, if you're a musician, you'll go with SoundCloud. If it's yep. arts and crafts, you'll do Pinterest. Yep. And you just want to look at all the, all the different platforms out there. Okay. Um, even if they're not necessarily the biggest and everyone's on them, choose the ones that are relevant to your audience and the ones that they're already using because it'll be a lot easier to, to build a community in, in that on those platforms. Yeah, that's right. And so I suppose that's that thing about when you say, you know, some people make a lot of noise, that you really want to be making a lot of noise on the platform uh, that people are on that you can connect with. Exactly, them, yeah? exactly, okay. yeah. All right, brilliant. All right, so I wanted to also, uh, I guess, in a way, begin to talk about, you said uh, at some point in time, that people can do multiple campaigns or they can do more than one campaign. And I think by that you were talking about um, maybe somebody will do a small campaign, $500, and then they get a bit hooked. Maybe that's not true, but this was my interpretation of somebody I met recently. They did a little campaign, it's like 700 bucks, and they were like, mm. yes, I'm hooked. And they're now doing like a $5,000 campaign. Is that what you were talking about by doing? Yeah. So. Um Pretty much, you don't ever want to run two campaigns at once or more. <laughs> I can imagine. Not that. at once. That would be insane. Um, you, you, don't, you don't want to put a treadmill on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty much, there's a few different ways that people go about all or nothing crowdfunding that makes it a bit safer. Okay. Uh, and I'll explain through an example. So we had a, a film crowdfunded with us um, called Gaby Baby, and they raised, I think, 13000 to fund their short film. So in that first campaign, they learned all about the pla like how it works and why people support their projects. And they had a short film as well. So they started filming that short film and they, they knew in the back of their minds that one day they might run another campaign. So all the while they were building their audience with this short film and collecting email addresses and getting it out there and doing all they could. Yeah. So that one year later, they came back and they ran another campaign and raised $100,000. Wow for a full length version so yep. a feature film version of their short film okay and because they took it in two stages it was a lot more comfortable i think for them and i don't think they would have ever got the hundred thousand if they started out with that campaign right yeah and i suppose that experience might be true of other people as well um that other people are beginning to do those kind of things where they're starting out small yeah and succeeding and then saying hey this yeah is, let's go for a bigger and if you're making noise um and, and in the first episode, I think we talked about um, the Palmer, the oh, yeah, Palmer a, campaign. $24.95 thing. I feel Chicken like I Parmigiana for yeah. all of those American listeners. Yeah, I should have been um, there. Yeah. Um, so he was, um, you know, not every campaign is about money. Right. Sometimes they're about building a community as sure. well. Sure, okay. So um, although that, it depends which one's the byproduct of which, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, so my example, like I mentioned earlier with the uh, chicken parmigiana, yep. with those American listeners out there, that campaign of uh, the $24 struggling artist campaign yep. we talked about in episode one um, or the, the episode prior to this. Um, so it's not, it's not always about money, basically. Um, as much I as thought it was all about money. <laughs> it, it, it's a great opportunity to build a community and sure. build an audience as yep. well. Yep. So some people... Um, run campaigns knowing that they're going to hit you know 400 percent of their target or more really and and they're just trying to make noise and and be found so wow wait a minute are you serious <laughs> yeah it's it happens <laughs> it's it a happens. thing it's a thing so so you're saying some people run campaigns knowing they're not going to make the target just to get things started well they're going to overshoot the target times five right. just to make uh that perception and build that community and build that network. So oh, hang on, it's wait a minute. This is a totally wild concept. I've got to go back. Here <laughs> I've been I've been like studying this for a long time now. Uh, I need to think about it. Okay. Mm. So what you're saying is that people might start with say five or seven hundred dollar campaign, overshoot it three or four times with that whole plan in mind. In yeah. order to yeah. get their thing started. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It looks good, um, obviously. Great. Uh, it's a good way of getting press involved as well. Yeah. So um, it's, I guess, it, it you, you might not raise as much in total as if you set your target because sure. people get invested and they want to hit that target as well. Yeah, okay. But it can look good and it can have other wow. benefits, which are more community and audience. But... I think the the at the start of the question it was we were talking about redoing campaigns and and starting small and going yeah, big. So okay. um, you you need to think it's it's there's there's a few different reasons. Most of the time, people need money to get their campaign started. Yeah. Okay. Um, in other circumstances, they want the attention behind that. <laughs> so are these the attention seeking people? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. We all, them. we all know them. We all know them. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're redoing a campaign, you know, it's not always your, your starting small and going big, but some people who fail will come back and do it again because they've built really? an audience. So their first campaign, they built a network and they got, they made a bit of noise yeah. and they've got their supporters there okay. and then they create a new campaign and they're like, all right, I'm going to do it right this time. <laughs> I've got these supporters. I know what I did wrong. And it puts you in a really good position. I just had this vision. I don't know why I had this vision of somebody running this campaign. It's not successful. And then all of a sudden, they've got these noisy these noisy supporters, which won't let them <laughs> sleep at night. And they keep sending them texts saying, look, go again, run again. We'll do it differently. Does, I mean, maybe that's what happens. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. All right. So that answers a few questions, actually, for me. Because I think there's been a few people like that who, who have kind of uh, they've had these failed campaigns. They've they've kind of gone to dust in a way, and then all mm. of a sudden, bang! They're fired yeah. up and sending me a message going, "We're running again." I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. And it's like because they've got that community behind them of people who are going, "Look, I think it was good. You maybe just went too high, or you went yeah. too fast, or you went too hard. We still love the idea. We still love the project." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen that on many uh, many examples of that happening. Wow. People failing and then we either convince them to try again or their fans convince them to try again or they right. just decide to do it again themselves. And uh, you're actually in a great position if you're in that... If you, if, you, if you had that campaign 
and you knew the ins and outs of it. You can look at what rewards went and what didn't, what right. people went for. Was was your target reflecting the project? Could right. you maybe lower it or okay. maybe, could you change that yeah. aspect of it? Um, generally, there's good analytics based off what platform you're on. So um, what kind of so analytics you, do you have? You don't have to, is this where you can't name the tools? This is the yeah. can't name the tools podcast, by the way, if, you, if you've done so, this. So, yeah, um, there, there's a, lots of different platforms out there. Um, I, I don't know what they're offering, but obviously with Possible, there's some pretty great analytics. So you can find out where your pledges came from, right? Um, who supported them, yep. who supported what, what they chose. Okay. At what time, yeah. um, and and you can think back and look at your whole campaign, yeah. if it failed, and really dig into the reasons as to why it failed, and then not make that mistake again. Okay, and yeah. and I think the other thing, imagine if you didn't have the analytics, for example, it could also be quite simple because you can say, well, that reward, the fifty dollar reward, where we were going to take people up in the hot air balloon and then take them up, <laughs> that really sold out, but cost yeah, us, the moon cost trip was a was a huge much. hit, yeah. Um, but in actual fact, the $155, which was kind of let's go underwater and do the whatever, um, <laughs> that didn't fly very well because yeah. we were 3,000 miles inland, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be quite a simple breakdown. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. All right, I've got um, uh, our last question from somebody who said, how much should I expect to gain from friends? in my campaign now i don't know if that and this is from tanya from the us yeah um i think it's good that it's an open question yeah what it's true okay. um so i mentioned core supporters okay um and having hitting the ground running with your campaign um i hate mentioning numbers like i said people always break the rules i like to be very general with uh, with my advice, but you'd want to hopefully aim aim maybe not get there aim for thirty percent of your target with your core supporters, and obviously if you're um, a musician starting out, yeah, it's probably friends and family and, and okay. maybe your music teacher and people along the lines of that. <laughs> Those poor music teachers <laughs> that are just being hammered by <laughs> by that kid they taught the ukulele yeah. twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Um, I'm surprised it took him 12 years to get off his ass and <laughs> do something. Right. But anyway, yeah. it's ukulele playlist. Yeah, when he started it? lessons at 55. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's about core supporters and friends and family are definitely core supporters. Yeah, okay. Um, sure. Ideally, you'll have as many core supporters as possible. Yeah, okay. And, and it's maybe hard to have 150 close friends sure <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting yeah um for those people that believe they've got a hundred yeah, yeah. on certain unnameable platforms <laughs> where people have got three thousand close friends mm. um but in actual fact i suppose um i i guess uh, there's some surprises for people as well isn't there there's there's surprises for people sometimes when they believe they have this huge number of supporters and friends and things. So in the example I'm trying to give you is where somebody maybe overestimates uh, the 30%. And when we're talking about 30%, we're talking about 30% of the money, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just to clarify that. So we're talking about... So let's say in the example we were looking to raise $1,000... Well, let's say ten thousand dollars 
So $10,000 for the project, whatever it is, and you're saying that you should be looking for about 30% of that, which is roughly about 3,000 or 3,300, 500, whatever. You should be looking at that for, from friends and family, but also within a certain time frame. is that right? Um, yeah, I don't really wanna Okay, let's not time do the time frame, frame because it. I don't think the time frame is always that important. Mm. But I think the amount's important, isn't it? Because it's a bit like going into the bank, you wanna open a bank account, mm. you wanna put in a certain amount of money in order to get yeah. the reward of the interest rate, for it example. It depends on your project and how big of a network you've built. Okay. Um, if you've got a pretty large following and you've been making just because it's an interest of yours, you've started some social media accounts and started posting and you've got a pretty big following. Um, not everyone in that following, but a certain amount of those people are core supporters. And you might recognize them because they're always interacting with your posts or they're always um, buying your products or whatever it is. Uh, so it's, friends and family are a given. Okay. They're, they're your core supporters. Okay. And then if possible, ideally you'll have some more people outside of your social circle who love your work who can also be into that chucked into the the core supporters basket right yeah okay. i just can't help thinking there must be those people that had you know just kind of uh, suddenly that core supporter comes out of the blue from nowhere like uncle tony who's just like yeah yeah that's it's, it can be surprising here's quite um, a few bucks and you're like wow yeah i mean surprising in both senses because sometimes people you wouldn't have imagined will support you like you just said and sometimes people who you're sure are going to support you don't yeah. but don't don't unfriend them don't do anything <laughs> yeah, like that <laughs> yeah because i imagine that. it's usually yeah. it's there's other reasons um don't unfriend your non-supporters yeah that give them the benefit of the doubt but look i i think that's really important actually because I think, um, from my experience as an actual fact, there's a lot of people sometimes that are really prepared to support you in different ways, but they may not be handing out the cash. Absolutely, they may, the person, yeah. they may be the person that just sends the email that says, this is the guy in that newspaper company I said would help you. Yep. Or yep. this is the person who's gonna give you your brochures for free. And I think sometimes, people actually like to give often in campaigns in a non-monetary way that actually can have a real influence do you see that do you see yeah, that yeah definitely is kind of, if your community is really mobilizing behind you sometimes they might not be putting the cash on the table but they're certainly connecting you and saying, maybe not telling you about it exactly, or maybe yeah. just forwarding that email or whatever okay. it is yeah but um yeah <laughs> don't you don't want to you know, people, you, you got to remember that like your lives, probably people have very big, busy, complicated lives. And there's yeah. always a lot of things going on and yeah. many distractions. Yeah, okay. Don't take it to heart if they don't support your project. Yeah, okay. um, there, there might be another reason. I yeah. just, I've, I've seen this happen before. I've talked to people who have gone and unfriended a bunch of people who didn't support their project, but before their <laughs> campaign ended. Really? So they missed out. A lot of people, um, We'll go into this in a moment, but there can be a lot of support late in the campaign. And um, you, you, you want those people on your friends list before you get to the end of your campaign. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I, I don't think we're going to go into the sun friend <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I just think it... I think this one can be tagged, don't unfriend your non-supporters. Yeah, okay, so don't unfriend your non-supporters. Because I think also the other thing, you know, life life lasts a bit longer than your campaign, hopefully. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if you don't get that much, if you don't understand that, I think it's important to maybe stay, take a little step back, mm. take a breath. Um, and, and okay, all right, so look, that brings us to a very important point. Um, we, we, we have to ask you back, I'm sorry, because we've got a few other questions. We haven't got time today, and... Uh, I'm happy to come back, as long as it's a nice, cool day again. I don't apologize on this podcast, but today I'm <laughs> going to apologize, um, because we can't get everything in, because we've had, um, I guess, a real depth of interest in, in, in knowing a bit more. And one of the questions we've got is to do with the U-curve, Mm. Is that what it's called, the U-curve? Um, I've got an unsmiley face on an email with a U-curve <laughs> in front of it. Is that what it is? I call it the abyss of doubt. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I think we have to end here. I think we've, I think we've gone too far. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, we've, we've, we're swan diving into the abyss of doubt. Okay, right now, all right. But. So look, look, let's come back. Um, if you've got time in the next couple of weeks, that would be really awesome. Really appreciate yep. it. I'm happy um, to come back whenever, Colin. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant. I hope we've managed to touch on I, I guess kind of in a way some of the core stuff of running a campaign in terms of really getting into the meat on the bones in terms mm. of what you need and, and building an audience yeah we'll get there we'll okay. get there all right good yeah. one last question I want to ask you when you come back can we talk about building an email list is that the same as social media that's my question I'm just plugging in so I don't forget it yeah it's all um, it's all in the same space you okay. in, in the building a community and building a network Okay. area so yeah. yeah we can talk about that for okay, sure brilliant. Yeah. all right thanks for joining us today brilliant once again no worries thanks okay. colin cheers bye great so that was uh, really good to hear from elliot i guess obviously you know there's a few things here that people might not expect i certainly learned a lot from that and i think certainly uh one of the things around community an audience, uh, which I guess is, you know, crowdsourcing, obviously, that that's a really important part of putting your campaign together. And in actual fact, we discovered that for some people, it's not all about the money. Um, and of course, it's not all about the money on the other side of the handle as well, because, you know, the money's not going to actually probably get your product, your book, your uh, development or your project or your startup off the ground. You've got to have some community. You've got to have some support. You've got to have some audience. And so amazingly, crowdfunding kind of gives you this one place where you can get all of those things. And so it's it's really interesting. And then he talked about, you know, the failed campaigns. I know lots of people with failed campaigns. Uh, uh, but weirdly enough, I don't think many of them failed on a whole lot of levels. Um, they built their audience. They built their crowd. They got people engaged. Uh, they got things started, got things happening. Uh, they might not have made the money they wanted in terms of getting the money into the project that they wanted. Uh, but they certainly got people behind them. And I think that's really a very interesting and kind of the core dynamic, I guess, for me around crowdfunding. And uh, then he talked about um, the 30% rule, and he didn't want to give us any timeline. And I think that's fair enough, I guess. Uh, I think the word on the street is that you want to try and get your 30% early on but um, we see that that's not a rule because we see that people that don't get 30% early on uh, still make it over the line and uh, so that's very interesting and one of the things that uh, I noticed possible has 
a great resource, um, a handbook. There's a really good handbook on uh, the possible website. So if you go to P-O-Z-I-B-L-E and uh, .com, and if you go there, and I think it's down the bottom, you go and you can click on handbook. And it's a really good guide just to kind of answer some really, uh, I guess, some key key questions, the sort of things that we've been discussing with different details. And then all of uh, the other things they've got on the website as well as you can go in and you can have a look at um, some of the programs. They've got uh, events, certainly for people in certain parts of Australia, but they're operating out of um, not only Australia, they're operating out of China, uh, the US, uh, Singapore, New Zealand and Malaysia and they've got some great campaigns going on in all of those countries as well and so I think that's a great place to get information uh, regardless of what platform you're going on but I think you know obviously Elliot gave us a really clear vision about um, some of the things that happen at possible in terms of the work that they've done and uh, we can see that um, basically, you can hear me clicking around probably, probably which is okay, um, because I just wanted to give you the right stuff. So, And so, of course, that was part two. And if you want to see part one, or sorry, if you want to hear part one, if you go to our website, which is eatmag.com, and if you uh, click on, it's number 25, podcast number 25, but you can find it on iTunes. Uh, you can easily go on to eatmag.com. If you're on Android, there's a great green subscribe Android button there. There's a really awesome uh, way of downloading uh, from Android now with a really fantastic app, which we are very, very, very excited about. It's called Podcast Addict, and uh, I'm addicted to it as well, uh, which is which is kind of crazy. And um, yeah, look, it's just really amazing how it pulls in everything that we need and everything we want. I think it's one of the best, um, one of the best podcast apps on Android. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of good ones out there now, so that's really good. And for our iTunes listeners, our iOS people of which we know there are many, um, we've got some big news coming up. So I'm not allowed to talk about it now. Uh, but um, yeah, so we've got we've got some big news coming up for our iOS uh, device people that have got iPads and iPhones. So we're going to be announcing that shortly. And of course, the other thing is that we've just spoken to Bill Aronson, who's running the live campaign on Possible, which I've been a part of. That's been really exciting. So that's still going. If you're listening to this podcast within the first seven days of it coming out, so check that out. And we look forward to having you all back soon. And just a big thanks to people who've left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher uh, and uh, other sites where you can leave reviews. I just want to say thanks very much for your support. It's been tremendous. Cheers. If you're a listener in the US, you can simply text the word EATMAG, which is E-A-T-T-M-A-G. And if you want that in Echo, uh, Art, Technology, Travel, M for Maggie, A for Apple, G for Grapple, uh, it's EATMAG. And you can text that if you're in the US now to 1480 -418 -1411. If you're in Australia, you simply text the word EATMAG to 61428 479 700. 
if you're in the United Kingdom, in the UK, Scotland, England, Wales, you can text Ireland as well. You can text EatMag to double four seven nine zero three five six seven seven one eight. And if you're in Canada, you can simply text EatMag to one five eight seven eight hundred four three two three. And you can just replay those numbers. I know it sounds like there's a lot of numbers in there, but wherever you are, you can just text eat mag from those four countries if you're in there and we'll um, send you some instructions and you can basically subscribe to our updates that way so really pleased to finally get that off the ground and uh, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time